All right, let's welcome in the 2002 NFL MVP. He's a four-time Pro Bowler. Folks in Tampa Bay know him well. CBS NFL analyst, the great Rich Gannon, joining us here. What's up, Rich? How are you? JP, JP, I'm doing well, brother. I'm looking forward to what I think is going to be a very entertaining Super Bowl this Sunday on CBS. Well, for a quarterback, uh, it's dream matchup, right? Let's start right at the top. Let's not bury the lead. Uh, Mahomes versus Brady, the the goat against the the baby goat, whatever whatever you want to say, the the king against the uh, the the shining young knight trying to take his throne. Uh, it's a beautiful matchup. Tell me tell me how you see it. It really is. I mean, you've got the the wily cagey veteran and Tom Brady that's really done it all. His tenth Super Bowl. Uh, I always tell people, you know, he's won six of them. You go back and look at the three that he did win, the two against the Giants and the one against the Eagles, and, and had they won, he would have been the MVP of the game. He really played well in those losses. Yeah. And so this is a guy that is a primetime player. Um, you know, I, I think that it's amazing what he's been able to accomplish this year after being in New England for two decades to go to a new organization with new players, new coaches, new play caller, new system. Uh, it's amazing what he's been able to accomplish. And I think the minute he walked into that building, the Buccaneers got better. Uh, you know, he's the type of player that, I mean, demands uh, accountability from all of his teammates. I think, you know, if you're a player there, if you're a coach there, if you work in the training room, the equipment room, anywhere, you, you realize that this is greatness and that you've got a chance to accomplish and win uh, a Super Bowl because you've got arguably the best player in the history of the game, in the building, that can still get it done. And so I think that's kind of the response that we've seen from the Buccaneers this season. They, they seem to get better as the season wore on. And, of course, you look at the guy in Kansas City. He's not 100% healthy with that toe injury, but it doesn't really matter. He can still break down defense with his, with his arm talent. He can make every throw. Uh, I think the, the concern for Tampa would be not just when he's throwing the ball from the pocket, but when, when he extends plays. You know, it's the unscripted offense that he can generate. He's got. Uh, I mean, he probably has the best arm talent in, in all of football, and of course, he's got some playmakers that can really stretch the field. You look at what Tyreek Hill did in the first game against the Buccaneers in Week 12: 269 yards and three touchdowns. And he, of course, you got the best tight end in football, in my opinion, and in, in, in Kelsey. And I just think it's going to be a shootout. It's going to be a fun game to watch. Hey, Rich, let, let's drill down a little bit here. I'd love to get your perspective on this because um, you were one of the best athletes to ever play the quarterback position, having run the wing tee in college. I, I, I researched that. I'm like, that, I would have loved to have seen that at the University <laughs> of Delaware. And uh, But you all, you also played for a lot of teams, played for a lot of coaches. You had success in a lot of different spots, an MVP, as we mentioned. And you look – we were talking about this a bunch of friends of mine the other day. You know, Hey, remember Brady's 40? Remember what, like the most unathletic person we've ever seen? How does one of the most unathletic quarterbacks in the history become the greatest player in NFL history, history, arguably? How can you explain how he's been able to do it with such consistency over the years? I can I can try. And you, you bring up a great word, JP, consistency. I mean, that, yeah. that's really the, the, the hallmark of what Brady does. He goes out every week and plays at a very high level, going all the way back to you know, his early years with the, with the Patriots. I mean, he just goes out and he just takes care of the football. He makes good decisions. He's very accurate. I think there's a couple things. I mean, he's got so many of the qualities and intangibles that you love at that position, right? Toughness, grit, competitiveness, um, you know, great leadership skills. He's got great anticipation when he throws the football. And then the other, the other part of it, I think, is the experience component. I mean, he's got great experience, right? He's been in the league over 20 years. 
you know, he knows how to read it. the secondary and a defense. He, he, you never rarely see him get fooled by a defense. He understands protection so well. He understands the system so well. He's got complete control of the of the offense. He can change plays. He's got a lot of freedom and flexibility within the system. So, to me, he's like air traffic controller. You know, I mean, he just it, it just the game seems to slow down for a guy like that rather than speed up. And I think experience has a lot to do with it when it comes to Tom Brady. Rich Gannon joining us here, 2002 NFL MVP, four-time Pro Bowler. And as I mentioned, Rich, you had a few stops in your career, so no one better to ask this question. How hard was it for Brady to learn a new offense in his 20th year without a training camp, without OTAs, um, and no preseason? How hard was that? Really, really hard. My guess, and I haven't spoken to Tom recently, but that, that was probably the hardest thing he's ever had to do. He really left a... A, an organization where he had great success, great comfort. And here's the interesting thing. That system never changed. When he first got there, Charlie Weiss was the head caller. When Charlie left to go to Notre Dame, it promoted a young assistant that hardly anyone knew in Josh McDaniels. When Josh left to take the head job in Denver, they promoted another young assistant that no one really knew, and that was Bill O'Reilly. And when Bill left to go to Penn State, they brought back Josh. So even though some of the players changed around them, even though some of the play callers changed around them, it was the same system. He had been in it for two decades. Now he leaves an organization. He goes with a new play caller, new head coach, new you know new players around him, and and that had to be frustrating. I know in the beginning of the season you could see some of the frustration uh, on the sidelines with, with players not doing what he wanted. You know, players not running the right route or the right yeah. the right adjustment. And I just think that you know it showed it showed great patience on his part to be able to work with young players, to be able to work with the backs, Leonard Fournette. Uh, you know, Ronald Jones, you look at the receivers, uh, you know, you could see him talking to Goodwin on the sidelines or Miller or Evans or Antonio Brown when they picked him up late in the season. And so, to me, that, that's the mark of greatness. Somebody that can elevate the play of the players around them, and that's clearly what Tom Brady did in 2020. Wow, it's, it's so well said. Rich Gannon joining us here. And here's a crazy stat I just saw, um, and this goes to the offensive line injuries for the Chiefs. Eric Fisher, when he plays with Mahomes the last couple of years, the Chiefs are 27-1. and When he hasn't played, they're 3-3. Three and three. And they have their other tackle out as well against one of the best pass rushing teams in the league. How does this figure into the game? It's a big story. So they really had two Pro Bowl tackles. I mean, Eric Fisher has been a great anchor at the left tackle position, and then of course Mitchell Schwartz, who he's missed most of the season. You know, he was a you know arguably the best right tackle in football. So they had two really good bookend tackles, and so we'll be without both of them. Obviously, Mike Remmers uh, he, he stepped in and, and he moved over to the left tackle position. Uh, and he'll line up and play the left tackle position, and, and you know he's going to have to play really well against this defense, and JPP, and the rest of them. And then what happened is the the right guard Andrew Wiley he moved to right tackle, and Stefan Wisniewski, who's been around the league a little, but he came in and played the right guard position. So they've had a lot of changes up front. That affects the obviously the the coordination, the communication up front, and you know both tackles are really going to have to play well in this one because they've got a great quarterback, but. If you could squeeze the pocket on Mahomes and force him to get the ball out of split second sooner, I think you really have a chance. All right, Rich, uh, being the savvy veteran that I am, I saved this question for last. Uh, but folks in Tampa Bay will always hearken back to that Super Bowl uh, against uh, the Raiders. And you had a phenomenal year that year, obviously, MVP. But the last game didn't go so well. Um, 
what are your remembrances of that defense and how hard it was to play against them, given the the fact that, um, you know, as the word goes, some of the audibles were not changed uh, and Gruden knew a lot of your offense? Yeah, remember, we had a one-week turnaround, so we didn't really yes. have – we played the AFC Championship game on a Sunday night with, with, with the second game, and then I jumped on a plane Monday and headed to – Right. to San Diego. So I'm not making any excuses, but that certainly didn't allow us a lot of time to start changing up our whole system. So yeah. I would say this, they were the younger team defensively. They had, you know, a half dozen pro bowlers. I think four, four will probably be hall of famers at some point. Um, you know, you look at Warren Sapp and, and, and John Lynch and, and, and Barber and, and, and all of them. I mean, Derek Brooks, I mean, it's just really, really good players and, we we didn't take care of ourselves that week. We had some guys that went down there and decided yeah. to have a good time, including our starting center who didn't yep. play in the game. And there was a lot of reasons why we lost that game. Turnovers were a big part of it, and we got behind. We took some we took some calculated risks. We tried to fit some balls into some tight windows, and and we just didn't play well. And so we got outplayed. We got outcoached, and and that's what happens when you make mistakes in a game like this. They're magnified. Mm-hmm. You know when you when you get to this point in the season. You're playing against the best coach, the best coach teams, the best defensive teams, the best players, the best quarterbacks. When you make a mistake, it just is a big, big deal. And we just collectively, as a group, made way too many mistakes against a very good Tampa defense. Yeah, it was uh, that was an incredible night for the Bucks, folks. But I know that one uh, had to sting for so many of you and your and your teammates. But that's hey, this is what this game gives, right? Great uh, elation at times, and and sometimes it can be tough. Hey, one more. Yeah, quick that's what's going to happen. It's going to be yeah, it's going to be a great game, and somebody unfortunately is going to go away, yeah. you know, with an empty feeling. But somebody's going to go away hoisting the Lombardi Trophy. That's that's what makes this one so special. Hey, a quick note on the Wooded Warriors amputee. Um, we're we're doing some uh, fundraisers for them here. The uh, amputee football team. I know you've you've worked with them before and worked with this group in Minneapolis. Uh, your thoughts on what that what that changes everyone when they meet a lot of these heroes? Does it not? It uh, you know I had the good fortune. I think of playing in a couple of games, and it's yeah. amazing if you ever get the chance to, to see these men and women get out there and just just compete. And it, it it I always say that this game is so hard to play when you're healthy. It's it's really difficult when you're not, and you know so many of them are out there, and and uh, they they just they inspire us in so many ways. They they gave the ultimate the ultimate sacrifice, and, I, and they continue to do that, and they continue to make a difference in this world, and in our great country. And I'm just so inspired by them. I'm so motivated by them, uh, and I just will do anything I can to to help help them. I just. Uh, we, we owe a, a, a great deal of gratitude to the men and women who served this country so faithfully. So well said, Rich Gannon. Uh, you're a super class act, Rich. I really appreciate your time and, and love your analysis on CBS. Uh, look forward to uh, hearing you in the Super Bowl, and, and thanks for your time again. Appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks, brother.